Welcome to the Money, Sex, Business and Awakening podcast. I'm Alex Harvey and I'm a money and personal empowerment coach. My podcast is here to support you to create your financial prosperity, do your purpose work in the world and self-actualize. I am here to share with you what I've learned over the past 10 years that I think every woman should know about accessing your deep power through your sexual life force energy and relationship to money because it's truly mind-blowing and only taboo to keep you small. I blend together the latest in neuroscience and practical strategies, as well as teachings and principles from ancient traditions such as Tantra, Taoism, and alchemy. Thank you so much for joining me, and I can't wait to see you in the show. Hello, gorgeous, and welcome to this podcast episode where I am interviewing Sage Polaris. And Sage is absolutely awesome. I have been following Sage and um, and actually using some of Sage's products since trying to think exactly when, but I'm going to say 2017, 2018, probably 2018 is when I first bought her launch email templates, which were just lifesavers at the time, you know, helping me structure how I offer my um, product to my audience. So it was at the time, the Wealthworthy Journey I was using them with. And she's just such the real deal, you know, and she just calls out bro marketing, calls out, you know, all the gurus teaching tactics and strategies to people who are like in the first steps of their business or in the first launch or two of a brand new product that just, it makes no sense for people to be doing, trying to utilize those strategies in you know, those early stages of your business is just not effective. And I totally fell prey to that in the past um, and had what I now think of as like the mo- this most hilarious started off as a failed launch in terms of me doing all that strategy that I was taught to do. And then I, you know, I extended it for a week and I turned it around and I just went back to exactly what you should be doing when you're very first launching a product and you've got a small audience and you're in early stages of business. And I just love that Sage is all about that and she's super real. So I'm not going to blabber on for too long. We're going to jump into the interview. The final thing I wanted to mention before we do get into it is that Uh, is that we recorded this, I think it was actually in September last year. So we recorded this a few months ago, but I'm finally getting to releasing this. I feel like now is the perfect time to release this. And, you know, this is especially relevant if you've got your own business, if you want to hear about someone else's business journey um, to becoming, you know, a very successful um, copywriter, doing copywriting for really big names, But also the amazing thing about Sage is how she has structured her business to have one week off every single month as a freelancer and then an additional four weeks off a year, which I think is just amazing. And it's super inspiring to me because one of the things I struggle with a bit is actually taking time off from my business. But I do think that's kind of normal in the stage that I'm in, but it's it's definitely something I'm going to be working on over the next year. Um, and then also Sage shares a bit about um, her copywriting 
I don't know what to call it, a formula methodology that I think is actually very cool and very interesting. Um, So we talk about that in this podcast episode as well. Anyway, I think you're going to absolutely love it. So without further ado, here is this interview with Sage Polaris. Welcome to the podcast, Sage. I'm so grateful to have you here. Uh, Thank you for having me. So I'm just going to introduce Sage to any of you that don't already know her. So Sage Polaris has written high converting copy for more than 350 clients, earning them millions of dollars. She helps personal brands and service providers sell more of their service or offer with the world on their website. She has worked with Shalene Johnson, Chrisette Michelle, Rick Moretti, and Amber McHugh. Basically, she makes money for the internet famous people that we all look up to. And not only this, you know, Sage is, I came across Sage a few years ago because we um, are in this community of a a business program that we've both done. And Sage was sharing uh, more of her story on the community. And so then I started following Sage and she is just the most heart-centered, you know, highest integrity person that's really about, you know, something something that I so much got from you, Sage, is like the real talk and, you know, calling out the bro marketing and being where you're at in business and like what's the right thing for you to be putting your energy into and investing in, um, you know, with the stage of business that you're in, not just following some cookie cutter approach that I feel like gets pushed out by a lot of the marketing gurus out there and then, you know, ultimately sabotages a lot of people that are in early stages of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for saying all that and reflecting it back to me, Alex. Like I have been doing this work. I'm nine years deep into my business and I just, I don't always know how my messaging comes across until someone says that back to me. So <laughs> I know I'm intentional and conscious about how I run my business and thank you for saying all of that because it feels really good to hear. (laughs) Yes. And I actually bought Sage, um, used to sell these or at one point these uh, launch email templates Mm -hmm. and I bought these templates. Oh my God, they were so amazing. I used them um, for a course that I used to run. I actually, Sage, you don't know this, but I just have just completed a launch that finished yesterday and I got out my email templates again because they're just, you know, such a good format for um, sharing sharing your story and sharing the the value that you can offer, you know, with your offerings, which is what it's all about. So I thank you for that. They've made a really big impact on my life and just made launching so much easier. Uh, that's beautiful to hear. It's interesting because um, I've now evolved what you purchased into a membership of templates where it's like 12 months of templates. And I think that not everyone's aware that when you're launching, you don't ever have to write from scratch. Like you can start from a template and it helps you find your voice so much easier because you understand the strategy that underpins all of the emails and then you can run with it from there. But to know that you're still breathing life into those templates after all these years, because it's been (laughs) probably like four years at least, maybe five, that just lights me up like no other. Thank you again for sharing because, uh, yeah, I feel like people who are especially getting started in their business, 
Um, when you don't have something to work off of and you're just staring at that blank cursor blinking back at you, it can feel so daunting. So that's beautiful to hear that you were able to to use them once again. And congratulations on launching. It's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Thank you. So what I'd love to talk about in this interview, so I'd love to hear a bit about how you got started in your business, what some of your major lessons have been. I know, you know, you're fierce about um, having work-life balance and your time off. So I'd love to hear about Mm -hmm. that. And then um, also your approach to copy, because I know you've got such an amazing system. And I think that was one of the other things when I first started following you and hearing about this system that uh, we'll talk about later on in the interview, I just thought... To me, to me, it just made so much sense and mm. I thought it was so brilliant to structure, you know, your sales pages with that system in mind. So I'd also love to talk about that. But let's start off with um, how you got started in your, in your business. How did you get started with copywriting and then also your own business? Did they happen at the same time? Yeah, so actually copywriting kind of evolved from me initially travel blogging. So I was traveling the world, writing about it. I won some awards for that. It was really exciting. And I started kind of dipping into different types of writing. So the travel blogging was great. I started writing locally for the city that I was living in, um, for business owners And specifically, like the Chamber of Commerce, they have a publication they put out and I would go and interview the restaurant owners and the business owners. I loved it because I would eat food and get paid to write about it. (laughs) That was amazing. Um, And then I stumbled upon a book called The Well-Fed Writer by Peter Bowerman. And it was all about copywriting, which is essentially for anybody who's listening, if you're not familiar with the term, it's not the legal term where you're copywriting your book so no one can steal your words. This is a different type of copywriting. It's for marketing. So um, essentially, it helps you with selling more uh, of your offer with the words on your website or your Facebook ad or your sales page for your programs. All of that writing that goes into online business uh, is what I support and people love it because it helps them sell more. So that's kind of how things got started. I found that book by Peter Bowerman and I got so excited about the idea of marketing and I just really became like a marketing aholic. Like I picked it up and never put it down because it was fascinating to me that you could um, influence people's behavior with the words that you share. And um, also what's really at the core of it though, is like connecting people. Right. And Mm. that part I love very much. Um, so being able to connect people and build audiences for my clients and do all those things have been really fun. And then at some point in my writing career, I decided that as much as I loved writing for my clients, I wanted to have my own version of success. And it looked very different than other people who I saw out, um, in, in kind of like my peer circle. And I didn't know it was that different until I started speaking about it. And they were like, oh, we want to know more. Like, how are you creating the life that you have and still serving clients and running? You know, I have a a mastermind and a membership and I serve clients. And a lot of people will tell you, and this kind of goes back to the beginning when you were introducing me, there's a lot of rote advice out there like, 
get away from client work as quickly as you can and just launch a course so that you can stop trading dollars for hours. And I'm of a different mindset. I think that every business model is different. And if you only want to be a course creator, that's fine, but do it intentionally and not in the ways that people sometimes teach to like run away from your problem. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with my business now is finding this really beautiful, holistic way of running it that doesn't follow the typical advice. (laughs) Yes. You know, I totally agree with that. There's so much messaging that's around, yeah, like run away from ever needing to work again, basically. (laughs) And so try to set up your income in a way so that you don't have to do anything at all. And and it's, to me, it's just, it comes from this place of like almost scarcity where you're feeling like I have to escape feeling, you know, like I'm, I've got to do some work for a living rather than connecting with what you would love. Like, what would you love to deliver? How would you love to serve? And that might include client work and structuring it in a way like one-to-one client work um, and structuring it in a way that works for you and your life. And yeah, not just exactly what you said, not having to run away from something like choosing, choosing it because it's what you want to do and it's what you want to share and it's what you want to deliver. So I really love that you made that point. So I know something amazing you've been able to achieve is the time that you take off. So can you share with us? I don't know um, if you still use the same structure, but I remember when you were sharing that, you took a week off a month and then four weeks off a year or something like that. Can you share with us about that? Yeah. So, well, just to go back to what we were talking about a minute ago, though, when it comes to your income and your business, um, I think people are in love with the idea of passive income and it does sound really sexy. Um, But I think what I found is like leveraged income works better for people and figuring out how they want to leverage that income. Right. So, For me, when I first started out, when it came to my time in my business, I was serving private clients almost exclusively, and I was averaging between four to six clients a month, and that's a lot. You know, I had a team who was supporting me, so that was one way that I leveraged my time was I had a very specific system. Um, I hired a project manager to help me uh, to organize the client work so that it didn't feel overwhelming. And then as my business went on, I realized there were other ways to leverage my time, not just hiring a team, right? So for a while, that was the thing that I really enjoyed. Not everyone loves having a team. So you have to make these personal calls kind of as I'm talking through um, how to leverage your income. But uh, having the team was great. I loved having the project manager in place. That's what made having the team feel fun for me. And then I started looking over time on, um, as I started to launch like my mastermind and my membership that I didn't want to manage a team as much. So a new way that I've leveraged my time in the last couple of years is to serve my clients through VIP days and no longer do these like projects where it's you know, three stages and we have three meetings and two revisions. Now I get everything. I just got off a call with a client this morning. We had a three hour call. It was a VIP half day. We got everything done that she needs for her launch. I handed off the rest to her and her team. And so 
there's all these creative ways to structure Mm. your time and your offers. Um, That being said, yes, I have a system that I've for the sixth year in a row been able to do, which is um, to take four months off every year. And that's usually like, that was one of those things I thought, you know, once I said it out loud and I saw the reaction people were having to it, I realized how unusual it was, but it started to like, just feel normal to me. And it all started, I talked to my project manager at the time and I was like, Hey, I think I want to take like every other Friday off. I had this like horrible idea of a really messy way to put structure in to time off. And she's like, please don't do that. Why don't you just take the last week off every month? And I was like, oh, I love this. So I take the last week off every month and that sums up to three months out of the year. And then I take one month off for the year and that makes it four months total. Although this year I'm doing a little bit different. I'm taking two weeks off in November and two weeks off in December. So I always kind of give myself grace. Like if I have to make small shifts, to the way that I'm structuring things, then I will. Um, but this whole year I've been developing the membership each month. There's new templates. I was just working on that today as well. Um, creating some new videos for it. So I wanted to push my time, my month off to the end of the year and, and separate it like that so that I can still serve the membership community. Um, but I'm so excited because once this full year completes, I'll have all of the templates done mm. and then next year. I can figure out how I want to structure that time off and it, it'll probably be bigger blocks of time off. So that's kind of where I'm at with all of it. And it's been a really fun piece of my business that keeps me excited. Like I'm excited to be away from my desk. Like I'll go, we just got back from Ventura, which is nearby to where I live and hung out at the beach. And then I'm just as excited to be at my desk when I get back. So it kind of keeps this really nice energy balance for me. That's worked out. Mm. So I I know that, yeah, you teach this system to people. So Mm -hmm. what's the main objection? Like, is there a main couple of objections you get from people when you say, you know, this is possible for you or you can, um, you know, you can create this in your life that people, the reasons people think they can't basically? Well, I mean, one of the things that I teach them to do is to book all their time off in advance. I don't know that they have an immediate objection to taking time off. I think the one thing they might say is like, well, if I'm taking time off, then I'm not making money. And then I would definitely say like, you need to think about how you've structured your business then. Um, You know, and it takes... I I will say it does take like having a really strong network and staying connected to that network or having systems around building your network to, to make sure your business continues to grow when you take time off. Um, But also I think that really the objection they don't know they have is that if they don't mark it off in advance, they won't take it off. Right. So they love the idea of taking time off, but actually getting your calendar out and knowing when that time is going to happen. So, you know, government holidays, stat holidays is what they call them in Canada. Um, your birthday, when your kids are not in school because it's, you know, whatever's going on with the school, like all of that stuff. If you mark it off in advance, you'll be way more likely to actually take the time off. So that's my first step for people is to to sit down and look at their calendar for the whole year 
Um, if you're not the type to plan an entire year, like try six months or 90 days, but get into a system where you, you think about your time off in advance, because usually what happens is like here in the U S it's suddenly Memorial day. And you're like, why are people out and about? Oh, right. It's supposed to be a holiday, but I'm an entrepreneur. I'm my own boss. So I don't even think about that stuff anymore. I think a lot of my clients would relate to that or a lot of people listening to this podcast that you've got your own business and then it feels like you can't take time off, you know, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people even struggle. I, well, I know I did early on taking time off in the evenings um, and, you know, just basically having your evenings off and then also the weekends. And I know it's something that I also want to keep working on, build, mm-hmm. taking building more regular time off into my business because I keep just feeling like, you know, there's just always more things to do. Um, and I just want to get to the next project and the next project and the next project. So yeah, it's definitely something that I want to take more action on as well and actually plan time out in my calendar. Um, and yeah, I know it's just a, a mindset thing. Yeah, definitely. And I love that, you know, like when you're first starting your business, you'll do anything to have it succeed, right? And then over time, things evolve and you realize you want to step back a little and not feel like you're always taking care of your business and start to let your business take care of you. Mm. So it's definitely something that evolves. And, um, you know, I will say too, there are times when I break my own rules and I give myself grace around that. If I really want to do something, it's rare, but if I really want to do something on the weekend, then I will. It's usually if I'm working on something new that I'm like, Ooh, I want to pop into, I have a a space I use in my garage. We call it Coachella. So the kids don't know what it is, (laughs) um, which is a music festival out here. And uh, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to Coachella. I'll see you later. So the kids don't know where I'm going. (laughs) But yeah, I think, uh, you building structure into your business is really good. Giving yourself grace when you don't always follow the system that you gave yourself. And then, um, you know, maybe also dedicated space to where you work, right? Some people work all over their house, but I like working in specific spaces that I've dedicated for work. So when I'm not in those spaces, I feel like I'm taking a break because here in LA, I've been home for the last couple of years for the most part because of the pandemic. So definitely have had to think about my home in new ways and like make it feel good when I'm, when I'm doing the work. So that's helped. Yeah. So what would you say your biggest challenge has been in having and growing your business over the past nine years? Hmm, such a good question. You know, my biggest challenge, I would say, has come from my health these last couple years. And it's a bit of a like, side note, or you would think it would be to to the business conversation. But um, hormonally, I've just been dealing with things. And that has really made me look at my life and my business differently than I've ever had to look at it before. Um, so yeah, up until that point, I guess some other challenges that I've had is just like in the beginning, getting consistent client work, building up that network, making sure people knew what I did, building what I guess people call authority, but like more so just feeling like people know who I am in certain communities and building those relationships that 
that part was definitely a challenge, but you do hit a tipping point where people mm. start to know who you are and it starts to feel a lot easier. And um, one of the things that made the biggest difference for me was what I said earlier, like stop only building my clients' businesses and start looking at myself like I almost had a pedestal between me and my clients. Like they can have that level of success and income in their business. Um, but I don't know if I can have that for myself. So there was definitely a, a, a moment in my business where I was like, Nope, no more. Like I know what it takes to have the successes they're having. I can have that for myself too and really treat myself like I would a client. And that made a huge difference. So, you know, I mentioned I do VIP days with my clients and I also book VIP days for myself on my calendar where I'm working intentionally in my business, um, more so on my business than in it. Uh, and I was doing the same for them. So why wouldn't I treat myself to that too? So that's really helped big time. Yeah, I love that. And I think it was when you were having that switch, that's when I came across you because I remember that's what you were sharing in the group was around mm. stepping out, you know, into your own business and you've been behind the scenes doing all this amazing work, obviously, for clients and, you know, choosing what you also wanted to create for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And starting to see my clients truly as my peers as well. Like there's yeah. that shift because we often tend to put people on pedestals and I really don't see it that way anymore. Like we're all in this together. I want them to win as much as I want to win. And so now it feels really nice. There's a much better balance between me and, and the work that I do. But also it gave me a new level of empathy for my clients when they were launching because I've been through the launch gauntlet, as I like to call it. <laughs> I understand now fully how it, how it feels. Um, and also I feel like it gave me a new sense of worth and value because of that empathy that I now had, right? Mm -hmm. Like I could serve them on a level that I, I couldn't necessarily before I didn't fully understood, understand it's almost like being a parent and not being able to explain to someone like what it's like to be a parent until they've experienced it. There's like a little bit more that you just can't explain until they've experienced it. And it's the same with launching as well. So, um, you know, and I love being able to tell my clients like, yes, I'm a copywriter, but I can give you lots of strategy that I've tested myself. Um, there's something really nice about that to be able to share those kind of insider tips and strategies and things that I'm seeing work right now, like emails going out today. <laughs> yeah, totally. I feel a really similar way in the coaching that I do with clients is that, you know, so much of the time I can relate so much to what they're sharing. And I can also share so many things that have, you know, I figured out have helped me and, mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that adds a lot of depth to, to the process. Yeah. It's really special to be able to share that. It's definitely a bonding experience, which it makes it even more fun. Yeah. So I would love to hear about your copy system, your four color copy system. 
which when mm-hmm. I first, yeah, when I first heard you speak about it, I thought it was so revolutionary. So can you tell us a bit about that? Sure. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things to teach. And, um, you know, it, the way that I created the color coded copy system, which is a mouthful, I know, um, is I was actually working with a client and she was talking about how she relates to her team members. And she's like telling me these four colors of how people work together. And so it's really a personality system and, what I did though is like when she explained these four colors to me, I was like, Oh, but you could also, yes, that's good for team building, but you could also apply this to the way people buy and the way that they read copy and the way that in their mind, what's going on to help them make buying decisions. So, um, basically what it is, is there's four colors, there's reds, greens, blues, and yellows. And I like to relate them to the Simpsons characters. So the Reds are the Barts of the world. Um, And, you know, I just chose that show because most people know it. But uh, basically, Reds are the fast decision makers. So when they land on a sales page or they're reading an email, uh, they'll never read the whole thing. They just want to be able to take the app action. They're kind of like very gut-based decision makers. Like they already kind of know what they want. So for the reds, you want to have a link at the top of the email before they even have to scroll or at the top of a sales page before they even have to scroll because they're going to buy fast. I love reds because it's like, you know, if your offer is on point because they'll buy immediately. Um, So those are the fast decision makers and they, you know, each personality, um, I'll just talk about the buyer psychology, but it's also really interesting if you ever want to go deeper. Um, there's a DISC assessment that's related to this. You can go look that up on Google. Um, stay with us for now, but <laughs> you can look up the DISC assessment and take it and find out which color you are and all that good stuff. So the Barts, the Reds of the world, um, they're fast decision makers. Then there's the Greens. They're like the Lisas, if you've ever seen The Simpsons. Um, super detail oriented decision makers. They want to know that an offer really is for them. And so on a sales page, you would want to make sure that you address like who is the offer for right at the beginning of the sales page, because if they don't see themselves in that first part of it, they won't really, they'll keep really in their head, just questioning, is this for me? Is this for me? And they're not really paying attention to the copy because they're not sure. Um, so those are like the Lisa greens of the world. They're a slower decision maker. So they love like reading the entire sales page that really gets them excited. And then they'll still email you and ask you more questions. That's how you know that they're a green. Um, and then we have the blues, which are like Marge from the Simpsons, where they're like the deeper connection decision makers. They're the ones who want to take care of everybody in the room, like make sure everyone's feeling good. And so when it comes to your copy, um, telling a really strong story in your emails or on your sales page relates to them. They're also very visually driven. So they like videos. If you have it on your sales page, they like watching the video. Um, But they also love strong branded imagery. So if you have beautiful brand photography that ties in with the messaging of the copy, that like really gets them excited. 
and then the last decision maker, the fourth one, is the yellows or the homers of the world. And they are the super fun-loving decision makers. So if you think of Homer's character, he's like the life of the party. <laughs> he's usually late, but once he gets there, he's so fun. Um, so people ask me, like, do I need to send a lot of sales emails? And the yellows, the homers of the world will thank you. They need so many reminders. So having like 10 sales emails throughout the course of the launch is good for them because literally like my audience, they know what color they are because they, they learn about it when they're in my community and uh, they'll write me. They're like, yep, I'm the yellow over here joining at the last minute. Um, but in your copy, you want to have like fun um, puns and lyrics from music or gifts in your emails, those types of things keep them engaged whenever they're reading your emails or your sales page. And so they'll get excited. They're, they're the fun loving decision makers. Yes, I love that. And, you know, I didn't know that it related to that personality thing, but I guess I didn't know the personality thing at the time I learned this from you. And I'm just yeah. realizing my mom read that book over last summer and she, she's kept trying to point out what, which color she thinks everyone in the family is. And she's like, oh, well, they're doing that because they're that color. <laughs> 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 yes, totally. It's so fun. Like once you see the world through that lens, you can't stop for sure. <laughs> yes. Oh, so it all makes even more sense now. Great. So do you teach that at all in your membership? Oh yeah. The color coded copy system is the name of the membership. We really focus on that and um, people love using it for their sales emails, their sales pages, Anything that they're writing for their business, um, they they know how to appeal to the four colors based on the templates that are in there. And they're each labeled with colors. And it's super fun once you get in there. Amazing. Well, I would highly suggest that anyone that's writing copy for their business definitely go check out this membership um, because I agree. You know, I remember you saying once somewhere, maybe it was in one of your emails, like don't ever write an email from scratch, you know, use templates. So I think templates are, uh, you know, such a game changer and so valuable in helping you have that structure to then bring what you want to bring through to connect in the way you want to connect with your audience. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, also this four color copy system, again, for connecting, connecting with your people, knowing how to connect with the different, you know, different types of people that are in your audience. Yeah, it's total magic and it's super fun to play with. And once you get in there, you'll be addicted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. So my final question is what advice would you give your past self who was, um, you know, at, in the beginning or the early stages of your business journey? Yeah, I actually had a theme one year, let no come from other places, not yourself. Mm. And yeah, it's just that idea of like giving yourself permission to put yourself out there, even if you think your numbers are too small or you're not ready, or all of those things that we kind of put barriers up for ourselves to just remove that and see what happens, see what mm. comes from it. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And, you know, I feel like I've been doing a bit of that this year and I've been amazed at the things people have said yes to. 
Uh-huh. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. You'll be surprised. Totally. And that's what it's about. And so I just remember early on, like really living that for a while and, and seeing the, the growth in my business. It was so helpful. So that's mm. my recommendation. So I know you've got an amazing free resource, tripling your email open rates. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, totally. So I find a lot of people like they get into the online marketing game and they're like, I'm going to write to my list. And then they often quickly ghost their list. Like they start it and then they feel that weird sense of like, oh, how do I get back to this? I know that I need to write to my list to make offers. So the triple email open rates, it's three emails that you can cut, copy and paste and edit a little and send it to your list. And that way you can show up again without feeling awkward about ghosting. Um, and it kind of primes your audience to, to make an offer. And even if you've been in business a long time and you just want to clean up your email list, it'll help you um, scrub your list. Cause people don't realize like you start your email list and you, if you're doing good with engagement and talking to them at some point, you should take the people off who have maybe not opened your emails in the last 90 days. So whether you're, you know, ghosted on your email list or you've been writing to them, I think either way you'll get a lot from the templates and be able to kind of refresh your list. And there's nothing better like as a feeling than, talking to the people you know want to hear from you. So the triple email open rates will help you do that. Yes. And I have used them guys. Um, a few years ago, I have, I've used these exact templates and they're really awesome. So I highly recommend that you go and download these. And so the link to do that, I'll put the link in the episode description, but it is sagepolaris.com forward slash Alex rocks. So we've got a <laughs> We got a personalized link, everyone. <laughs> because Alex does rock, but yes. yes. <laughs> to go and grab these templates. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sage. Just before we finish, where can people find you online? What's the where's the best place for people to connect with you? Uh, yeah, so you can find me at sagepolaris.com. You know, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and I totally, if I'm not in the middle of a big launch, I totally write people back, um, myself and not my team. Uh, so feel free to DM me if you have any questions, but that's where you can find me. And I'm so grateful that we got to do this and congratulations on your new podcast. I think it's still new, right? It's still pretty new. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. I love it. I love seeing you do all the amazing things you're doing, Alex. Thank you so much, Sage. And thank you just for everything that you've shared um, in this interview. I, I just know it's going to be so valuable for everyone listening. Ah, my pleasure. All right, gorgeous. I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. As I told you, Sage is just, she's awesome. She's very authentic, very much the real deal. And I was very excited to have her on the podcast. Just before we wrap up, I would love to ask a favor from you. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while and enjoying it, I would love to ask you to leave a review on either the Apple Podcasts app or Spotify. Spotify now lets you also rate podcasts. So if you listen to this podcast and you 
get some value from it, you enjoy it and you have Spotify, I would love for you to actually leave a rating on Spotify. It really helps me get the podcast out there to other people that would benefit from all the juicy stuff that we discuss on here. All right. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for making it to the end and I will see you in the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,